Welcome, everyone, to the Launchpad here in Puckburg, a podcast for the daring do-bad and good puck tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woohoo! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Never gets old. I have, I have Josh and Jake Argo, uh, two of the hosts of Stickheads of the South, a podcast centered around the SPHL and all the goings-on in it. So, Josh, Jake, it's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thanks for having us on. It's it's uh, nice to be on this end of an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. It, it, I've been a I've been a fan of um, your podcast for a long time. Um, I've talked to a couple guests we've had on Puck Tales episodes and talking about Birmingham Bulls and how it's a slow move, like slow moving machine on getting coverage out here and um your podcast absolutely knocks it out of the park so uh as a fan i would like to thank you guys for what you guys do um having you guys here in puckburg uh i want to get your background in the game of hockey uh what got you started and how it led to where you are today so we'll start with uh josh um what exactly got you into the game of hockey oh my gosh man it's been uh it's been quite a journey um uh, I appreciate you, you know, being a listener and everything that, that means a lot to us hosting a podcast to have people who, you know, enjoy listening to us babble on about who knows what. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so my hockey story, I mean, let's see the, the Birmingham Bulls inaugural season, 1992, 93, I believe, um, uh, in the ECHL, um, my, our, our dad, um, took me to a game, and, uh, you know, he was super excited because as a teenager, he went to the Birmingham Bulls and the WHA. So he was super thrilled about uh, Bulls hockey coming back to Birmingham and the BJCC. And um, my mom was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Ice hockey, that sounds like the dumbest thing ever, which is crazy to even hear her thinking that now. And um, so he, he took me to a game uh, and, you know, I loved it. Um, it was fun. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I loved it because of the game or if I just loved it because I was hanging out with my dad or whatever. Um, and then the next time he got my mom to go to a game and pretty much the rest is history. Um, from the next season forward, we were season ticket holders um, and, you know, just love, love the game of hockey. You know, the, growing up in Alabama, everybody, all of my friends were Alabama-Auburn football and that was their thing, you know. They got together on Saturday afternoons and grilled and watched the football games, and I could care less. I don't even think I knew how the game of football worked until middle school. Um, you know, uh, I'd be watching a game, and it would be like they'd, you know, blow the whistle for offsides or, um, you know, pass interference or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> um, that's not the same offsides as in hockey. <laughs> Uh, so, um, you know, and just kind of uh, fell in love with the game there. It was 
just a huge deal for our family growing up. And, I, and I'll let Jake kind of add to that too uh, on his turn. Like we, you know, we ate, slept, drink, breathed Birmingham Bulls hockey. Uh, I remember gathering around the, the family's surround sound audio watching, uh, listening to away games with, um, uh, I know Chris Kerber, who is now play-by-play for the St. Louis Blues. I remember listening to him call games um, and just, you know, I mean, that was a thing for us. And, and it sounds so like 1950s to be talking about s- gathering around the family stereo to, <laughs> to listen to the minor league hockey game, you know, on the um, AM frequencies. But we did that. Like, that's literally what we did yep. in the 90s. Um, so it's just always been a, you know, special thing for our family. And we've, uh, you know, just loved hockey. And, you know, from there we kind of – Figured out, you know, I think we learned a little bit about the game maybe um, after that. And, you know, as we learned more about the game, uh, of course, uh, you know, we got into NHL hockey a little bit as well. I remember watching uh, Mark Messier and the New York Rangers win the 1994 Stanley Cup finals, and that was a pretty big deal. Um, And uh, that was kind of the NHL start, I guess, for me, was was that moment uh, Mark Messier you know, jumping up and down upon winning the Stanley Cup. Um, I always, you know, just remember that very vividly. Of course, I've seen it a thousand times since then. Um, you know, and from there, we sort of figured out hockey, I guess. And we had a group text going for, geez, Jake, how, probably three years. Um, yeah. And uh, we were like, we need to start a hockey podcast. We need to start a hockey podcast. And then when the Birmingham Bulls came back, we were like, no, now for real, we're going to start a hockey podcast. So we did it. Um, we sold some old music gear that we had from our days of playing music and put it into our podcast. So that's <laughs> just, you know, kind of the way things have worked. Yep. Well, man, that's and that's incredible. And hearing those, like, I remember those days of listening to the Bulls games on the radio and like those 90s era ECHL Bulls is really what stands out vividly in my memory. Jake, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you give us your hockey story as well? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same for me. Just, I was a few years younger. Um, so I was pretty much born in that bulls inaugural year that Josh was talking about. Mm -hmm. So from the, I mean, as soon as I can remember, I was going to games, you know, sitting in section 32 right there, um, where my parents worked on the ice and, you know, I mean, like Josh said, it was just, you know, we, we did not miss a home game. I mean, I remember one time, I think I had strep throat, um, and my mom and Josh went to the game, and my dad, like, drove his truck and, like, snuck me in the Zamboni entrance for, like, the second and third period. Um, <laughs> and just, like, stu- like, like, stood, like, where the Zamboni would be and watched the game, and, like, right before it was over, we left, you know. Um, it was just – oh, man. And then, like Josh said, um, it sounds probably foreign to a lot of people hearing this um, – but it was such a big deal. I remember gathering around that radio and listening to the away games. Um, you know, how big of a deal that was. And I don't remember being into NHL hockey much as a young kid. I mean, I definitely watched it and was interested. But um, I think when I, I remember sitting in the living room with Josh, my parents, when we saw Ray Bork win the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. Um, oh, I think I was, good I was probably nine or 10 years old. And so, I don't know, something about that moment. It's just like, I felt even as a young kid, I could understand the weight of that moment when Joe Sackett handed him the cup. Um, and I think that was where I really like started to, uh, 
personally be invested in NHL. You know, I'd watched it before that, but I don't know if I was ever really old enough to understand, um, you know, winning that trophy and, and how much that meant to those players until that moment. But, um, you know, it's it's just been history ever since. And like Josh said, we had that text for the longest time. And every once in a while we would, you know, have some kind of analysis or snippet and we would say hashtag hockey podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and went back and forth with that for a while. And eventually we decided, hey, let's just do it. You know, we can – we can put this thing together and get it started. And it's been so much fun since I hate that it's probably been forever since we've recorded. Um, it has, we, yeah, right we kind of let this but, year, um, we kind of let this year get away from us, but yeah, we do. We're finally going to make some plunge into some things that we've, uh, wanting to do since the first season. So, um, yeah, yeah, that'll, we've been talking a lot about that and kind of planning for making that happen. So, uh, Hopefully, yeah. moving forward, things will be good. But, Jake, you mentioned um, that Ray Bork moment. Of course, being a Colorado fan, like, that definitely stands out to me, too. Um, but I think, like, everybody in our age group, like, that was the moment they realized the royalty, the glory of the Stanley Cup. You know? I yeah. mean. Yeah. And coupled with that Gary Thorne call, that that just that, that perfect yeah. snippet that just married that moment together. It was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. You know, I remember and I remember Mark Messier winning and being like, this is cool. You know, Madison Square Garden was, uh, you know, going nuts. I think they were in Madison Square Garden um, when they won. I can't remember now. Um, maybe it was just the, you know, the live feed in or whatever. Um, and then I remember this is a strange memory, too. I remember in 1995, the New Jersey Devils winning it, um, of course, before Colorado won. And uh, I remember I, we, I saw them like lift the cup in Panama City. We left after my dad got off work. So four or five o'clock, drove down to Panama City. We're in a hotel. And as soon as we got down there, we turned on the TV for game, whatever it was, and uh, caught the, the end of the game and saw the New Jersey Devils winning the Stanley Cup. And I was like, why do I remember sitting in like a tiny little hotel room in uh, Panama City Beach and seeing uh new jersey winning it but i do you know um and uh, of course 96 that brought about um whenever colorado moved from quebec you know i i watched nhl but i never really like chosen an allegiance to a team and at the beginning of 1996 when they moved to colorado i was like i'm gonna be a fan of the new team and they're gonna win the stanley cup this year and of course, like my mom and dad were like, I don't know where this eight-year-old is getting this information from, <laughs> um, because new teams never win it, you know. Even though they weren't really a new team, uh, they just relocated, I guess. But um, I didn't have a clue Peter Forsberg or Joe Sackick were, you know. Um, but I, I chose wisely for the first few years, um, being <laughs> a Colorado fan, definitely. Um, and then my mom, just because um, I think it's in her. Uh, blood just to be a little bit of a challenger um our granddad was definitely one that liked to pick and pick at people uh you know and i think she got that too she was like no i'm gonna make this fun i'm gonna be a detroit red wings fan oh oh, oh man but god it was so much fun you know so much fun yeah. those conference finals and uh and all that um watching all those uh series and her just like nagging at me. She had <laughs> she had um, she had nicknames for all the players on the Avalanche roster. Um, yep. Uh, to name a few, we have uh, Roy Boy was Patrick Waugh. Um, can't hack it, Sackick. Yep. Uh, Cheater Peter Forsberg. 
Oh man, there was one. Um, the fries or the freeze was happy. Yeah, yeah. It was Happy Meal. Yeah, um, and he wasn't even like a big time player. You know, he was like a second <laughs> yeah. or third line guy. Um, but she had a nickname for him. You know, she was like uh, everybody did. Um, so that was a lot of fun. You know, um, growing up having that rivalry and uh, and going back and forth with her. Um, I think our dad just kind of always picked whoever was the popular team. He was a Pittsburgh fan like in 2006. Um, and uh, since since then, he has claimed allegiance for Nashville and is stuck by that. So um, he just he's kind of like we were in the beginning, just like watching it because he loves hockey, which is kind of what I'm doing now with the playoffs because I really don't care um, about any of the four teams remaining. But, man, it's just some good hockey. So, yeah, and. Going back, like especially talking to uh, current Bulls fans that know uh, the game as it is now, like there's there, there's a lot of new fans that are surrounding the Birmingham Bulls, and they don't remember the days of the BJCC. And growing up myself, I remember Throwback Night and uh, just those loud, raucous games. It was just it. I I used to refer to it as hockey church. Cause it felt like a kind of a cathedral in a way in there. And uh, just like the bulls of the nineties. I know in one of our earlier episodes, I had King DeWitt, he's a filmmaker and he's a hockey historian. And we talked about WHA Birmingham bulls with Steve Durbano. And uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's actually the uh, Toros Jersey on the wall. I have over here is a Steve Durbano. Nice. That's awesome. So we yeah. uh, uh, talk about the current the 90s um bulls what stands out to you because i know um, jamie hicks eventually ended up becoming head coach of the sphl version um what stood out to you about those 90s era bulls teams man um I mean, the the first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about hockey church or whatever, um, the nights where the San Diego chicken was in town. Yes. Um, those were crazy. <laughs> um, those were crazy. But those those were a lot of fun. You know, Art Clarkson knew how to pack out the BJCC and lots of, uh, you know, wild moments. Um, I think as far as the hockey goes, the Birmingham Bulls and Louisiana Ice Skaters rivalry uh, was a big deal. Um, both they were two of the top teams in the, I guess, the Southern Division is what it was called at the time. And um, you know, there's some playoff series that that unfortunately didn't work out for Birmingham very well. And those were uh, those were a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed those. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it was a, definitely a lot more physical then. Absolutely, and I know here um, a couple months ago I found a bunch of the old like thirty-minute episodes that the team used to put out. I can't remember if they used to run it on Fox or NBC, but you can find a a bunch of them on YouTube of just uh, their practice facility that's off. I believe it's like Green Springs. What what? It's a church now, I think. But uh, it used to be a mm-hmm. skating rink back in the day. Um, just that little time capsule is just it just it takes me back to those days because I was a lot like you guys uh grew up and that's one of the things that really helped cement my love for hockey ironically enough it was those 90s era avalanche teams and the bulls so yeah I've I experienced a lot of that as well and um going to the current bulls um 
you guys as we mentioned you guys are both hosts of uh, stickheads of the south and you guys talk about the sphl as a whole um we just went through the uh quote-unquote covid season and going forward where do you see the bulls going and the growth of the sphl we have a new team coming in um into the sphl where do you see the league and the bulls going forward Jake, what do you think? Um, well, for the Bulls, I know this year was um, – it was tough for a lot of Bulls fans. Um, just a lot going on. Um, you know, Hicks kind of uh, went back home seemingly last minute. Um, you know, we're still not sure exactly what the story behind that was. Um, <clears throat> and so a, a rookie coach in a COVID season, um, you know, he struggled at times and the bull struggled at times and that's not to be unexpected in the position he was in. Yeah. Um, but going forward, I think the bulls are in a really good spot. I feel like towards the end of the year, they were starting to catch on to a few things. I feel like the roster had kind of taken care of itself in a way with, with some of the guys that, um, you know, we weren't really sure if they were coming back or what their future was, or if they were, super invested in being in Birmingham or what they really wanted to do. Um, so I think the, as for the Bulls going forward, you have to be optimistic just because, you know, we've got to um, – if Simchuk is to remain coach, which as far as I know, that's the plan at this point. Um, you know, he, he's got a year of experience under his belt. Um, and, and I feel like we have a, a really good core coming back um, with a protected list that they released. So, you know – as far as the Bulls goes, I feel like there's – I mean, there's obviously nowhere to go but up as far as the standings. Exactly, yeah. Up. That's what I was going to say. You there's know. nowhere to go but up, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just thought towards the end of the year something clicked for some of the guys that was just more like, hey, let's just – you know, let's just let's just have fun and play hockey. Um, it almost seemed like once the standings were out of it, once the playoffs were out of it, um, they just played looser. And it, to me, it just – it felt like a different team. Yeah. Um, let's just hope they can channel that going into a year where – um, you know, maybe they're they're not as as uptight. They've had a year under the new system. They've had a year playing with these players, um, with the teammates, and you know, hopefully they can build on this year and, um, you know, just see where it takes them. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like even the top hockey uh, analysts in the world are you know all in full support now of the effort and just go play mentality. So. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. If that's what Nathan McKinnon's doing, then sure. The Bulls should do it too. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, and, but I, no I, I think you're right, Jake. Like, um, you know, there were a lot of things this season that Jake and I were like, oh, what are they doing? You know, um, in terms of player moves, who they were signing, trading. And of course there's things going, going on in the background that we don't know about. Um, but just on a, from the ice level surface, um, it was like, what? Why is he going? Yeah. Why did we trade him for nothing? But I will say both of us looked at the protected list and said, you know, I wouldn't have done anything different. Yeah. Um, you've got some rookies that came out of college that had good years. Um, Jared Hilderman, uh, we both loved him. A lot of potential there um, with him. You have, um, you know – is Logan Nelson going to come back? Probably not, but you protect your best players and, and let it sort itself out. 
So um, I think it was a smart move to protect him, even yeah. if his full plans are go back to the ECHL, which he is obviously an ECHL player. He was he contributed on like forty two percent of the Bulls' goals this year, which is just crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, uh, I think he goes back to the SP, go back to the ECHL. But in some strange case, he decides to stay and play with his buddy Austin Lots another year. Um, he's definitely got a spot in Birmingham. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, ironically enough, I um, the introduction into this network, I joined a, a show, and one of the guys was like, "Where exactly do you live again?" I said, "Oh yeah, Birmingham, Alabama." He's like, "My best friend plays down there." I was like, "Who's your best friend?" He's like, "Austin Lots." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, love him lots. Yeah, I know him." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "How about that?" And then well, that conversation was going on there, but uh, yeah, Austin, it. <sighs> He's, he definitely gravitates to some, um, some players, and it's nice to see some kind of crum, uh, camaraderie amongst the team. And, um, yeah, I definitely agree with Jake. Um, second half of the season, once everything was kind of out of reach, you got to see them kind of just play and not overthink yeah. things. And I think that was exactly. a problem earlier in the season was overthinking a lot and – yeah, um, a new system. You know, you're yep. just thinking too much about it. You're just trying to think and not just do what your instinct tells you to do as a hockey player. Yeah, and that's what it felt like. It was more instinctual play. So, yeah, going forward, it, I mean, it can't be anything but positive for the Bulls. And um, yeah, um, to those who are not familiar with the uh, the environment of the SPHL or um, how games go in Pelham, how would you describe the atmosphere? Because I I've talked to a couple shows like out in Denver. And they think it's like a, a NASCAR race that has a hockey game going on in the middle of it. And that we're <laughs> that we're like jumping the general lee. And, and I'm just like, it's not it's not that oh, bad. But but it's pretty close. I mean, we did have pro <laughs> wrestling night where half of the people wore um wrestling masks to the game. Yeah. Uh you know, uh Jerry the King Lawler, I think is his name. Yes. Um was there. And yep. I wish he would have announced the players. If he would have announced the players, that would have been pretty cool. I don't um, know. Right? But uh I mean, yeah, it's really not. Um I mean I've been to but I, I really think okay if you have a, a good crowd at the Pelham Civic complex, um I think the atmosphere is comparable to that of Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, which maybe that's not a good comparison because, you know, they shotgun beers through catfish there. So, um, you know, uh, but, I mean, I've been to playoff games in Bridgestone, and it's just a wild atmosphere. Um, I've been to regular season games in uh, a handful of other NHL arenas, and it – you know, it was just kind of boring. Of course, I did go to see the Columbus Blue Jackets when they were in, like, last place and um, the Florida Panthers when they played the Canadians and there were more Snowbird Canadians fans in the attendance <laughs> than there were Panthers fans. But um, I will say, you know, the low ceiling in the Pelham Civic Complex makes a crowd of 3,500 feel like 13,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. That building can really get rocking, especially, you know, the Bulls score – two or three goals and they start getting into the opposing goalie. Um, it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. Um, you, you know, I have coworkers who know nothing about hockey and they're like, I love going to bulls games because it's a fun atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. You, and you know, hockey's a sport you, you can go to and not know much about it, which I know that's one of the things about hockey in the South that people love to dig us on. Um, you know, you don't even know what offsides is. Well, 
some people don't, um, but that doesn't mean all of us are that way. And, um, you know, you, you, nobody knew what offside was, you know, out of the womb. Like there had to come (laughs) some sort of interest in it. And then you said, I'm going to learn more about the game. And, And that's how you do it. You have, you know, teams in places like Birmingham and places like, um, Pensacola, Macon, Georgia, and, you know, those teams, you know, you build up a fan base and then they decide, hey, I really like the sport hockey. And you decide to be a Nashville Predators fan, you know, or you decide to be a Carolina Hurricanes or Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And that's how you grow the game um, by teaching people what offsides mean. Um, yep. but you, you know, you can go to a game and not know what offsides and just be like, oh, well, they blew the whistle for something. Just like me when I was in middle school watching football, you know. <laughs> If you don't know what offsides is, you could be a NHL playoff uh, referee. This is, you could, <laughs> that's so true. Um, yep. Another thing about the Pelham Civic Complex, too, is it wasn't necessarily like an arena um, beforehand. It was like an ice skating rink that they converted to house an SBHL team that essentially just had bleachers around it. Um, and, and they converted most of those to stadium seating. So, um, as Josh was saying, you know, a crowd of 3,500 there. I mean, that's almost packed to the brim and you've got the low ceiling and everybody's pretty much right on top of each other. So the atmosphere is considerably different than, um, you know, a Macon where you have this arena that can hold considerably more, but you have the same amount of people, um, but they're mm-hmm. just a lot more spread out in a bigger area. So, <laughs> And we have those uh, thundering metal seats that everybody <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that really amplifies everyone that's there. Yeah. Um, I remember in the opening night of the 2017 season, um, people were, you know, stomping those metal seats. And I was like, oh, dear God, these things are about to fall in. <laughs> I was like, and I panicked for a minute. And then I said, you know what? If I'm going to go and because a hockey arena caves in because the Birmingham Bulls are playing again, there ain't no better way to go. Yeah. Like, I say, I mean, bang that's away. a hell of a way to go, you know? <laughs> exactly, right? I uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts is when everybody gets those seats going. It's 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 good and loud and thundering in there. Well, uh, tell us uh, tell us all about Stickheads of the South. Tell us uh, exactly what got you guys doing it, what actually pushed you to the point of doing it, and what you guys have going forward with Stickheads of the South. Um, you know, like I said, we had that text message going, and we would hashtag hockey podcast, and we would talk, you know, why the heck did he do this, you know? Um and I think part of it, you know, a lot of it was NHL. Uh, we were, okay, before the Bulls came into the SBHL, we were pretty big Huntsville Havoc fans. Um, and we, I mean, geez, I remember some seasons where we probably went to upwards of eight to ten home games in Huntsville, um, especially yeah, anytime before kids. They had a, anytime they had a Friday night, Saturday, um, Saturday, Saturday night game, you know, we would, most often we would make the, both of those, you know, we'd make a weekend out of it, so. yeah. Um, and you know, it's funny because we had, um, I had, we're kind of going backwards here a little bit, but, um, whenever, uh, I guess Jake, you were probably in high school and I was in like first year of college and, um, Jake and our dad would go hunting and we, one year for Christmas, we got tickets to go to Nashville and see, um, the San Jose Sharks, which is Jake's favorite team and the Nashville Predators. And we had like really nice seats. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And um, you know, we, that kind of was like one of those, like re fall in love with the game kind of moments for our family. And yeah. as the winter went on, um, Jake and my dad were hunting and me and my mom were hanging out and we we're like, well, what are we going to do? You know, is there a hockey game we can go to? And, um, the Atlanta thrashers were playing 
the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I was like, we could go see Sidney Crosby play in Atlanta. And she was like, okay, yeah, how much are tickets? You know, we looked at tickets and they were like, um, you know, like 60 bucks. And she was like, oh, that's a lot. And I don't want to drive in Atlanta. Um, and I was like, well, there's this minor league team in Huntsville. And we went up there and it was like, holy cow, this is like Bulls hockey again, you know? Yeah. Um, so then that's kind of what hooked us on there. But uh, I, I think whenever we were just mainly following NHL hockey, we were like, I mean, there's a thousand NHL hockey podcasts. Um, what's going to make somebody want to listen to us? And then whenever the Bulls joined the SBHL, we became more invested in that league. We were like, there's nobody talking about the SBHL um, with the exception of the sin bin. And we were like, we could do that, you know? Um, and, and I think that really kind of pushed us over the edge and, um, and, you know, actually creating our podcast, buying the equipment we needed and getting things going. Uh, and it's it's a great voice for all the hockey fans here in the Birmingham area. And you cover all SPHL teams and what's going on. So, I mean, it's not just for Birmingham. So you guys do a fantastic job there. And uh, Jake, do you have anything to follow up on uh, the nature of the podcast and um, what you guys have going on going forward? No, I mean, I, I really think that's it as far as what, you know, got us into it and, and from that point you know they, i remember getting back from hunting and they were so excited that they found the hockey team they're like it's just like the bull, old bulls days it's just like the yeah. old bulls days you know that was that was the golden standard so yeah well um, uh, if if you guys want to throw out um how you uh everyone could find stickheads of the south because um these past couple episodes we've been talking a lot of the bulls so uh how can they find um uh, stickheads of the south you can follow us on Twitter. Our um, Twitter handle is at Stickheads South. Um, you can listen to our podcast basically anywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think we're on Google Play as well. Um, and coming very soon, um, I think I'm going to start work on it this week, we will have a website. Um, and that's kind of things that we're working on adding in the, in the near future. Um, I, I think, and I say this, and I hope we're able to follow up with it, but I think we're going to dabble in writing a little bit. Um, that's going to be a new adventure for us, but um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, absolutely. Give these guys a follow. Um, they do incredible work, um, especially if you're interested in what goes on in the SPHL. These are the voices you need to hear. So, um before we wrap up, I want to thank you guys, Josh, Jake. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, and if you want to follow here in Puckberg on Twitter, that's H Puckberg on Twitter or on Instagram, that's here underscore N underscore Puckberg. Shoot us a message. If you have a hockey story that you would like to share, we will bring you on here in Puckberg and let you share your puck tales. So um, I guess we will wrap this up right here again, Josh, Jake, thank you again. Please follow them at Stickheads of the South, and we will see you guys again soon. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Thank you.